Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I am your host, Rick Wolf. You know, people sometimes ask me how I became interested in sports parenting issues, and the truth is I became involved when my own three children were growing up and playing a variety of sports at the youth level. And it was during those times when I began to observe that sometimes there were some coaches who just didn't seem to know how to work or communicate with kids or that their priorities regarding having fun as opposed to winning it seemed a little off. I, of course, have witnessed parents scream and yell and threaten refs and officials of games, and I began to become familiar with this new sports phenomenon called the travel team. Now, for someone like myself who has grown up, you know, fully immersed in sports, all this was quite an education as a newly minted sports parent. And I started to do some library research to find out more, wrote some books, a lot of articles on the topic, spent a uh, a number of years writing columns on youth sports for Sports Illustrated. And then Mark Chornoff here at The Fan invited me to come work here on Sunday mornings. Now, I mention all this because I'm clearly not the only sports parenting advocate out there. And over the years, you have heard from people on this show like uh, like Steve Callis, uh, Doug Abrams, Bob Bigelow, Fred Eng, and, and, and many others. And I'm well aware there's a long list of, of loyal listeners like yourselves, who call in each week with superb sports parenting thoughts and insights, people who are aware that the landscape of sports in this country is changing dramatically with all sorts of unexpected or unintended consequences for our children. Now, I mention all this in this preamble because a few years ago, I started to read a sports parenting, sports parenting column in, of all places, Forbes magazine. I thought that was something of an unusual uh, outlet for youth sports, but then again, the columns were well-written, timely, on important topics. So I decided to reach out to the author of these columns. His name is Bob Cook, and Bob is based out in the Chicago area and is a sports parent himself with kids in a variety of sports. And I've asked Bob to come on the show this morning in order to get his thoughts and comments and views on many of the same issues we discuss on the show every Sunday here on WFAN. Bob's youth sports column is aptly entitled, Your Kids Not Going Pro. <laughs> Bob, good morning. Good morning, Rick. I know it's early uh, on a Sunday morning out in the Midwest, but uh, you know I, I'm so thrilled you can join me this morning to talk about these, these very uh, universal issues when it comes to sports parenting. In fact, let me start at the beginning. How did you become involved in sports parenting? Well, I think the same way you did and the same way most people do is that uh, you see your kids in sports and you start noticing this whole subculture and, and how it works and how it doesn't work. And, uh, and 
you, you, and I just, you know, I, I started my career as a sports writer, so um, it was sort of a natural fit. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I just remember in particular um, the first day my oldest son, who's now 19, was playing soccer in kindergarten and just how um, even among the parents, you know, once the game started, you know, everybody was sort of friendly and like, oh, you know, what is this? And then once the game started, it was it was amazing how quickly parents jumped into, you know, the different roles, you know, they, yeah, some were screamers, some were noticing who the, the quote unquote good players were and who the bad players were and who was, it. I mean, it was just, it was, it just happened in an instant and, and no one was really thinking about it. So it was rather fascinating to see. And, and I was looking for resources about how to navigate it and, you know, it was fine. I, I, you know, read your columns before and I knew you were out there and there were some others, but Still, not a lot of um, not a lot of resources, not a lot about it, and and, and plus, I guess I just like hearing myself talk, so I went <laughs> ahead and started writing. <laughs> well, clearly, the experiences that you just you know mentioned, Bob, uh, this is what I think you say. Most people who are involved in youth sports and amateur sports in this country, this is how they first sort of confront the, the this whole changing, as I call it, changing landscape. And and it, it there are no roadmaps, there are no guidelines, there's no real sense of, uh, of what is the right or wrong thing to do when it comes to sports today. And unlike, you know, 30 years ago, when it was pretty straightforward, pretty simple, now, of course, these days, it's very, very complicated. And friends, by the way, we're going to uh, take your calls here this morning for Bob Cook at one 337 That's brought to you by Mohegan Sun, Connecticut, Mohegan Sun, Pocono, and Resorts Atlantic City. Uh, you know, Bob, one thing about this whole thing with sports today, and, and, and you and I have obviously talked about this, is the fact that it is so much across the country, with, particularly when it comes to uh, such hot-button topics as, uh, you know, parents, uh, as they become more and more emotionally vested in their kids' development, it also ends up they're playing on a travel program, there's money, a lot of money being spent, uh, a lot of the emotions are going to this. Uh, we know uh, from our own observations that, that the, the parents become much more meddlesome when it comes to the high school coaches in particular. And it, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's, it's something that was not done 30 years ago, but today it's everywhere. Now, I think it's probably calmed down a little bit because there's a growing uh, awareness of parents should not interfere with their kids when it comes to, to uh, high school sports. But it's still prevalent, and it's what's a consequence is you get, you get a situation where more and more coaches are just saying, you know what, I'm I'm very good as a coach, but I can't deal with the parents, so I'm just going to step aside and and quit. Right. Well, and and you know one thing that's that's changed as well over time is that you know this is not just a sports parenting thing, but this is something where you know over the last thirty years, you know there's been. Um, you know, there's been much more of a of, of a philosophy coming from um, state legislatures and other governmental leaders that you know parents should be more involved in their kids' schooling. That parents are the the best ones to decide uh, what should happen with their kids, and that's why you've had you know you've had movements like school choice and you know making it easier for kids to transfer um, between schools for for any reason. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. sports sports has come into that. It's it's very. I mean, it, it's very difficult to tell parents that. You know that you can you can do with what you, you can do what you want for your kids' education for math reasons, music reasons, any reason except sports. You know, and so sports is going to get tied into that. And 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 you know, and 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 with college so expensive, there is a lot of parents who you know certainly are are 
you know, in a panic and looking at, you know, looking at how much that is and, you know, geez, can we, you know, is an athletic scholarship the way to go, which, you know, that's kind of a risky way to move it. But it's there's just a lot of angst among parents about, you know, what are my kids going to do in the future? How are they going to get, um, you know, get to college? And then even from there, I've had parents talk to me about, well, I'm spending all this money on travel sports and all this money on development just so they have a chance to make the high school team. So it's it's what's happened over time is that youth sports has gotten more and more professionalized. Kids start earlier and earlier. You know, the competition heats up earlier. And, you know, and, and you know, for parents, it's, it, it can be very hard to step back and say, okay, wait, I don't, I don't have to send my eight-year-old off on a travel team yet, you know, but there's just this feeling if I don't, you know, my kid's going to miss out. And, and, and it's not even, you know, the, maybe the parent is, you know, is highly competitive and the parent wants this, but, you know, they even think about their kid. Well, geez, if my kid wants to play baseball in high school someday, I, I guess this is yeah. what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, I, I, I you know, uh, I agree with you, uh, Bob, that the fact that this whole sort of snowball effect, that it all sort of ramps up earlier and earlier, the fact that the parents saying, well, you know, uh, I know my kid's only eight, but as you said, if the kid has any chance at all of wanting to play at the at the high school varsity level or an elite travel program, then he or she really has to get uh, super involved early on. Because if you don't, you, your your kid's going to be left behind as all of their peers uh, continue to to make progress in advance. And you know nobody can actually point. There's no studies, uh, a research that actually sort of supports all this. But there's this general sense that I got to get my kid involved uh, and more involved, uh, more specialized, uh, ramp everything up to a higher degree. If in fact at, at some point they're going to be good enough to get to the next level, and that's, I'm sure that's what drives all this with moms and dads. And of course, as I just mentioned, as the kids get older uh, and and the things aren't working out well, they aren't necessarily becoming a starter on the varsity or or progressing to an elite travel program. That's where the parents start to get inter, you know, to meddle and intervene with the with the coaches, saying, "Look, you know, I, I think you're missing the boat here when it comes to my my, my kid and their athletic talents." All right, let me. My guest this morning is Bob Cook from Forbes Magazine. Uh, his column is called "Your Kid's Not Going Pro." Uh, Bob, let me take a break here. We got some commercial messages, and Dave Uram has a sports update. When we return, I'll open the phone lines again to, at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six. 66, stay with me. Radio.com. Radio.com. And back here on the Sports Edge, we're talking this morning with youth sports columnist Bob Cook from Forbes magazine and his popular column, Your Kid is Not Going Pro. And we're discussing why it is that parents simply can't leave their kids high school coaches alone, and we're taking calls at one 337 6666 Bob, let's go uh, to our callers. Let's start with uh, Pat. Pat's in Greenwich. Uh, Pat, good morning. You're on the fan. Yeah, hey, Rick. I listen to you every Sunday. I want to talk about sports, not talk about much. It's um, water polo. My son-in-law played internationally in Europe, and he got a coaching job at a school, and um at the dinner the other night, they picked three captains. The, yeah. The team voted for the captains. Uh-huh. And um, apparently one girl wasn't happy that she wasn't picked for captain. The next day, the father emailed my son-in-law and went through a whole spiel why she should have been captain. Why can't they have four captains? 
And my son-in-law met him for coffee, explained that the team picks the coaches, uh, the captains. He has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes after he got home, the father emailed him again and asked him if you have talked to the athletic director or anybody else about the possibility of having a fourth captain. My point is they just can't accept it. This girl's the captain of the swim team also. So she just could not accept the fact that her teammates did not pick her as captain and the father got involved. Well, Pat, that's not, <laughs> it's, that's exactly what we're talking about. And, uh, and thank you for, for the call this morning. You know, Bob, whether it's water polo or any sport, as Pat points out, you know, here's a situation where the kids themselves are the ones who are doing the voting, yet the, the, the dad couldn't accept the fact that this is how it went down. Uh, again, 30 years ago, that's, nobody says anything. Obviously, uh, the, the kid might be disappointed, but that's how it goes. Nowadays, there's a sense of entitlement uh, among parents that, uh, well, I have the right to certainly step in and, and uh, intervene on behalf of my kid. No, there's no doubt about it. And, and, you know, not knowing the whole situation the caller was talking about, I mean, there's a 50-50 shot that, you know, that the, the father's way more upset than the daughter that, you know, had, well, had transpired. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I mean, the fact is, you know, when the time the kid gets to be in their mid to late teenage years, there's a pretty good chance that uh, they they know the score a lot better than the moms and dads do in terms of their abilities, uh, their popularity, their leadership skills, all those things. Anyway, let, let's continue on. Let's go to a Farallon, New Jersey. Jack, good morning. You're on the fan. How are you? Good, Jack. Um, What's up? Great. You know, just want before we get on to topic, I... I listen to your show every Sunday morning. I'm one of those private coaches. I coached for 40 years at the high school level, youth level, um, travel level, and even a little bit at the college level. Mm-hmm. And I've been in all these situations that we talk about. Your show is just fabulous. Thank it's you. Great, it, it's a great show. Thank you. Um, at the high school level, I coached for 40 years. I coached at three major schools here in Bergen County and all three jobs in all my years of coaching. In girls' varsity softball, 23 years of girls' varsity softball. I've never had a losing record, and all three jobs I was released because of parents. Um, one job at Fairlawn, after winning the, the league, the county championship, beating IHA, who was number one in the nation at the time, I was asked to be, I was fired at the end of the year. I wanted to be fired. Uh, the board voted to keep me, and I resigned. But the parents, don't understand that the kids are the ones that need to be playing the game to have fun. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've always said, how many asked, if you took a poll on how many parents went out and got private hitting coaches or private pitching coaches, as opposed to a math tutor, it would probably be 10 to one. I mean, the, the, the situation is, is like you were talking about with scholarships. Everybody thinks their kid's going to be a scholarship player. There are certain things that I say every single time I take a new child on, a new student athlete on as a, as a hitter, both softball and baseball. One, you need to be having fun. If you're not having fun doing this, go find something else to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there have been many cases in my 20 years of private hitting coaching that I said to kids, listen, to the fathers and the parents also, they're not enthusiastic. They're not into it. You seem to be more into this than your childhood. So maybe they should take a break, maybe find another sport. But play as many sports as you can because youth athletics are very good. You know, they're great for you. They teach motivation, dedication, responsibility, all those the great things. But 
Well, it's a tough world because parents do think that their kid is better than everybody. Well, that's and, that, <laughs> and 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 Bob Cook. That's exactly what uh, I know. You 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 write about uh, in your columns that that Jack is talking about. That many times it is the fact that the parent wants this more than their child does. That the desire. You know, it is not inherent in the kid to want to be there, but the the father or the mother says, "No, no, this is this is the way to go on and and become a get a college scholarship." Rick, well, I, I, you, I had two I have two sons. Well, both went to Penn State. Both graduated from Penn State. Both played baseball at Penn State. The yeah. younger one quit because he wanted to make money, and he knew that his chances of ever getting to pro baseball was slim to none. And he's now making six figures. And the older one pursued it. He became the captain of the baseball team, got signed by the St. Louis Cardinals, played with the Padres, and ended his career with the New Jersey Jackals in the Can-Am Independent League. Right. Um, he's now coaching, and he's a phys ed teacher like his mom and dad. And I had two sons, completely different behaviors, and I treated both of them completely different. Well, Even though I wanted my younger son to play baseball, and it, and it, and it killed me when he told me he didn't want to play anymore, I understood. I understood as a Jack, let me let me let me stop you there because I want to, and I thank you uh, for the call. Let me let me yeah, get well, Bob's well. comments on this. Bob, what do you think about this as an outsider looking in on, on, on Jack and and being a longtime coach, uh, both in the public as well as uh, schools as well as as a private instructor? Well, this I mean, it, you know, his story definitely rings true. And and what happens, especially at the high school level, is you've had parents who spent so much money on training coming up that um, it's really uh, it, there's. There's a motivation not only, um, you know, hopefully that you love your child, but that uh, it's this it's this thought of a return on investment. I've I've spent all this money and and now it's not happening. And you know, and unfortunately, you know, you can spend as much as you want on your child, but you know, some kids, you know, some kids are better at softball. Some kids are better at math. Some kids are better. I mean, you can bring them up to a certain level, but mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. But only so far. The other thing too I want to mention is that, um, and I don't know that a lot of a lot of schools or a lot of places do this enough to really encourage kids to try a lot of different things at a younger age. I was struck, um, my oldest daughter had a fine arts award banquet the other night, and, you know, the band director's talking about how, what he likes about the high school, you know, where my daughter goes to, is that, you know, is that the staff really encourages kids to try different things and not to, you know, and not to demand they only do one thing. And I was struck by that because that's a fairly rare thing. And and so, um, you know, the stakes get higher because, a lot of times at high school, I mean, if sports isn't working out, you know, depending on your school, your kid might have trouble finding something else, or at least it's, it, you know, the feeling is that they're going to have trouble finding something else. So you, so you have these stakes brought up where, you know, where kids are put all in into some activity at an early age, a lot of money is spent, and then a high school coach, you know, assesses them and says, you know, not, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, they're going to start or they're not going to be captain. And then that's where, you know, you have parents who, you know, who really, who really go ballistic. And, and it's not only a money thing, too. I mean, some parents just, it, it doesn't matter whether they spend a little or a lot. They just get very hot-headed about this and, and very involved and, and you know, and, and don't feel either confident enough or, or don't feel like they can take a step back and say, okay, let's let my kid this, lead this a little bit and find what their interests are. And, you know, I'll help support them in that, and then we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, obviously, these are excellent, uh, excellent observations. Uh, let's let's continue. Let's go to uh, Frank over in New Rochelle, New York. Frank, good morning. You're on the fan. 
Good morning, Rick and Bob. How are you? I'm a local high school coach, run a camp, after-school programs, and I see the same thing uh, from as young as seven years old. Uh, the place where I am employed um, had an incident this year with um, a program that they just released all the coaches after winning a title. Um, in the classroom, some of the children were saying that they were proud that they, uh, they were going to get the coach let go. Um, you know, I, I really think it comes down to what you guys just hit on, all, all the money, because the, the college tuition has gone up. There are all these showcases, and God forbid you miss a showcase because then your son will be behind. Mm -hmm. And they really believe that they're going to get a scholarship. And the only thing I can see, and I feel sorry for some of the parents that I've seen over the years, when everything levels off, your talent will determine how you're recruited. Uh, your the senior year in high school, if no scholarship school, Division One or Two, is offering, well then, if you have a desire to play, you can surely go play Division Three, and that's when kind of I think parents start to realize that well, I guess my kid may not be that good. If he was that good, he would have been recruited, or she, um, through sophomore, junior year. Correct. And when that doesn't happen. I think the reality sets in, and I feel sorry for some of these kids. I see it daily, that the pressure they're working out in the off season, they're going to showcase it. It's almost like a job for them, well, that's, as opposed to just having fun. I was just to say, Frank, uh, that's what happens. It, 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 it somehow along the way it morphs from a sense of joy and a fun to becoming a real chore, a, a going to work. And the other thing you pointed out is the fact that you said the kids get to be the time they're juniors or seniors and they poured all this time and effort along with the mom and dad's energy uh, into their athletic career, and if they're not being recruited, you know, that's a very sobering, very depressing, uh, a difficult transition to say, well, I guess those dreams aren't going aren't to uh, come true, and as a consequence, it's, it's a real downer for everybody involved. And, and, you know, sometimes I think that they say, well, I need to find a scapegoat. It must have been my high school coach because the high school coach didn't promote me strongly enough uh, to make me uh, attractive to college uh, recruiters, uh, and that's yes, you know that, that's a real concern, uh, Frank. I got to take a break, but thank you for for chiming okay, in this you. morning. I appreciate the call, you, and, and 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 Bob, you know I'm, I I got to say I got to take a time out here, but yeah, this is a lot of it. I think is all part of the emotion here, and, and when I come back from uh, from the update, I want to continue to talk to you about this because, yeah, I think a lot has to do with the fact that when parents see that things aren't sort of breaking for their kid, they're looking for somebody to blame this on. And unfortunately, the coach, well, the coach may have won the league title, but the fact is, my kid didn't get a scholarship out of this, and that's uh, that's somebody who I can blame. All right, we're talking with Bob Cook from Forbes magazine. Stay with me. Back with more after these times out. Hey, don't forget, at 9 o'clock this morning, Ed Randall will be here, of course, and he'll be talking baseball with you. And as always, I invite you to check out uh, my blog at AskCoachWolf.com. Now, before I continue my conversation this one with Bob Cook from Forbes magazine, a couple of quick updates. First of all, a correction. On last week's show, when I was talking with Kevin Piggott, the uh, president of the Boys Catholic High School Athletic Association, it came up a conversation that a number of parochial schools in our area have been closing down in recent years. And one that was mentioned was Marist High School over in Bayonne, New Jersey. 
Actually, that school is not being closed. Uh, enough supporters came through with enough money to keep the school open, and we're very glad to hear that. Again, that's good news for Marist. Also, uh, on the topic of kids and caffeine, we've done a number of shows over the years about uh, the inherent dangers of teenagers ingesting energy drinks uh, and other drinks that are laced with high levels of caffeine. Uh, as you probably heard this past week, a 16-year-old boy in South Carolina who was totally healthy and had no history of using drugs or of heart issues, in the course of a couple of hours, he drank a, a latte from McDonald's, uh, then he drank a, a large bottle of Mountain Dew, and then he had a container of an energy drink, and apparently he passed out in school and died of, of an apparent heart attack. The coroner ruled it a death from an overdose of too much caffeine. Obviously, this is, this is tragic, uh, as, as a parent, uh, we know that particularly with kids who are athletes, a lot of them like to, you know, to drink uh, before a game or a practice, uh, get a lot of caffeine into them. As a parent, you really got to sit down and educate your, your, your kids about the dangers, potential dangers of caffeine, and let, get them in the habit of reading labels on these products so they know uh, what they're putting into their system uh, so they can avoid these, we can avoid these kind of tragic situations. All right, we're talking with Bob Cook from Forbes magazine. Uh, his, his very popular column is called Your Kid's Not Going Pro. In, uh, Bob, before the break, uh, you know, I, I wanted to ask you about the situation. Are, are we going to see, in your sense, in your experience, a, a, a sense that these eventually parents are going to sort of hold back and begin to realize that, you know, they, they've brought their kids to, you know, become, you know, as best as they can be in their high school years or their travel team years, and that's not going to get a college scholarship, but the parents, are they still going to continue to either blame the coaches or, or ask for the coaches to be fired? I mean, how is this, in, in your sense, how is this going to play out eventually? Well, I mean, the way it may play out is is how it's sort of starting already, where in so many sports, you know, really, if, if, you're, if you're going on a college scholarship track, you're really investing more in travel sports and club sports and private instruction and, and high school is, is really growing more irrelevant. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a nice thing and the kids enjoy it. I mean, you know, there's always the appeal of, you know, putting the the uniform of your school on and representing your school, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, but, but really those, those, those parents and those families will, will, will separate out in, in many ways. So, um, but but still, I mean the the you know you you know you do have so much money being put in. You have um, a whole industry that really is in a you know in a sense taking advantage of parental anxiety and saying that you know that you know you need to do this and and you know parents you know are motivated by a good thing which is wanting to do the best for their children and you know really the you know the the best way to solve it and the, the hardest way is for parents to be able to take a step back and ask, okay, you know, is this something that, you know, my child enjoys, you know, is this something that I'm doing as an investment um, or is it something that I'm doing because, you know, my child enjoys it, you know, we enjoy it. I mean, you know, I've always said that, you know, look, if, if your kid's doing travel sports from an early age, because, you know, he or she really enjoys it and you enjoy it as a family. And, and this is something that, you know, means a lot to you, then, you know, then great, you know, and, um, you know, but you still, as a parent, have to be willing to accept that there may be a day when your child says, mm, "You know, I'm not really interested <laughs> anymore," or, or you know, as as they move up, realize that you know, with with each level up, it doesn't matter at any age. With with each level up, the competition gets tougher, and there's no guarantee 
um, that your child is, is well, going to stand I, out. I, the reason I'm sort of, uh, you know, chuckling about this is I certainly agree with you. And I think it's the sense that and uh, if, you, if the kid, one of the callers mentioned earlier on, the kid by the time they're 16, 17, 18, they know where they stack up in uh, you know, the pyramid of competition. They know how good they are uh, compared to their peers. The parents, on the other hand, obviously see it through a different prism, and they're saying, well, you know, if my kid you know, got a little more playing time or was playing the correct position or I did this or do that, they would go on and get that scholarship. So there's a disconnect there, as you said, Bob, between the fact that the parents, they're, they're in, totally invested in this, not prepared at that point to say, well, this is going to come to an end because most kids do not go on to play in college, whereas, and the kid sort of gets that. Uh, but the parents say, no, 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 once you get the right break or if we had the right coach, then these things would all come to fruition. And that's, that's the myth, unfortunately, that too many parents sort of labor under. Right. Well, and, and I mean, I've, I've you know, the, my coaching experience is mostly with, you know, with younger kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they know, they know, you know, who's, you know, who's the quote unquote best player and, and who's, you know, and who's not. I mean, you know, the kids are, the kids aren't fools and, and, yeah, and and certainly, you know, I I mean, I tried at that you know that age to really encourage kids to you know to try a sport. And and my idea was, you know, look, I want you to you know to learn the sport and learn this as something you know you might want to do recreationally for the rest of your life. You know, you want to play basketball. You know, someday you want to play in your church league or you know in a town league or something. You know, just something for fun. You know, because yeah, you're you're not. I, I mean, I. You know, I can't tell you at fourth or fifth grade who's going to be a star basketball player and and who isn't. I mean, there's some kids that certainly stand out greatly, but again, as you know, as other kids grow and and as other kids develop skills, and I mean, you, you just you just don't know. And you know, and the risk too for parents to go all in in sports is, what if your kid gets hurt? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, well, that's you know, the injury factor. Of course, parents never consider, and uh, that is obviously a, a, the X factor in all of this. Bob, let's try to get a call in here. Let's go quickly to uh, Joe up in Yorktown. Hi, Joe. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick. Good morning. About how are you? Good, Joe. Uh, What's good up? Good morning. So, I was I, one of the things that I think is grow, not missing per se, but needs to be part of the conversation is that a lot of this is also societal. Where in our society today, it's always somebody else's fault as to why you're in the situation that you're in. And I think a, a, a huge miss when it comes to coaching kids in youth sports is they're not being taught about personal accountability and responsibility and making investments in themselves, that the things that make the great athletes great, it's not a drill, it's not a team, it's not a sport. It has to come from within. It's a drive. It's a desire. And, unfortunately, you can't give that to a kid. It's, it's like, the, you know, every parent that I know wanted their kid to be really, really smart in school, but the reality is most of them aren't. Why? Because the kids don't want that. Well, so as much as we <laughs> want things for kids, we have to understand that maybe they don't want or they don't share in that desire, but if they did, then they need to be taught about owning and taking responsibility for their own development. Joe, I, I'm so glad you, you chimed in this morning and talked about the kids and their own sense of accountability, the, the kid, what's important to him or her, uh, because it's really, it's the kid's life, as I say many times, you know, for parents, your childhood is over, uh, you know, the books are closed on your childhood athletic abilities, it's your kid and what he or she wants to do, and that, that, that's what it's all about. Joe, thank you for the call, uh, and, and Bob, I'm sure you feel the same way, that we got to let our kids be their own persons. Well, and, and I mean, to his point, I mean, every coach 
tries to teach about personal responsibility and accountability. I mean, I don't, I don't know that, you know, that that's being missed necessarily, but, um, you know, but, you know, what, you know, to go back to something I said earlier, I mean, you know, we live in a time where, you know, where there's a lot of insecurity about what's going to happen with your kids. And, you know, what a lot of, what these parents and, and fortunately my experience, they've been, you know, not the majority of parents, but, um, but what a lot of parents are, you know, are, are, uneasy about is, you know, what is going to happen to my kid when he, when he grows up? You know, how, how do I get my kid into an elite school? How, you know, what is my kid going to do? And so, you know, you, you, you know, you can take the chance and, you know, have your kid, you know, let your kid fail at things. Um, or you can try to gain the system as much as you can to put your child in a, in what you feel is a position to succeed. Yeah. We, and, and I, I hear you on that. And I think we all understand the parental instinct to protect our child. But as you said, I mean, at some point we have to let our kids be themselves. Uh, Bob, I, I would love to continue talking with you, but unfortunately I, I got to move on. Uh, my guest has been Bob Cook from Forbes magazine, which writes a, a terrific column which I uh, strongly urge you to check out, called Your Kids Not Going Pro. Bob, again, I wish I had more time to talk with you about adversity and the role of, of parenting, but we're just, unfortunately, the clock is against us. Uh, again, my thanks for joining us this morning, and obviously we'll talk to you again down the road real soon. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Rick. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Bob. Again, that's Bob Cook from Forbes Magazine. Let me take a quick timeout. You know, there are all sorts of reasons why parents uh, decide to intervene or meddle with their kids' coaches. And, and uh, the, the, at the end of the day, though, uh, it seems that, you know, regardless of how much you want your kid to go on to play at the next level, maybe get a college scholarship, whatever, the fact is most kids are not going to play in college. And your kid probably already knows that by the time they're a junior and senior in high school, despite what you what you want for them. And I think that's the takeaway from this morning's show Talk to your kid about just how serious they are in terms of wanting to play ball at the next level, and they'll, they'll probably be pretty candid with you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.